Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of Heartbeat International, that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a program that is near and dear to my heart, the subject of which, I should say, is near and dear to my heart, and that is adoption. And we've been doing a series of programs here on St. Gabriel, uh, on the Family Sanctuary, about adoption, and we've got a beautiful, beautiful story uh, for you today about the option of fostering to adopt. And um, that is a very powerful way of uh, being able to build a family, whether you have biological children already or not. And in the case of our guests, that was the case. Uh, but they were building their family through through fostering to adopt. And um, there's a tremendous need for that uh, in our nation today. Uh, in the United States now, there's estimated to be about 102,000 children waiting to be adopted from foster care. And more than 2,600 of those children are waiting in the state of Ohio. So uh, there's a tremendous need. And uh, so let's find out a little bit more about that beautiful option, and particularly from our guest today. Our guest is Michelle Morse. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> a wonderful uh, adoptive mother and biological mother also. Oh, and Michelle is married to Terry. They have, they've been married for 18 years. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And they're in St. Paul's in Westerville Parish. And, um, Michelle is part of Elizabeth Ministry. And we've had several guests on from Elizabeth Ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find their programs in the archives about adoption and about all kinds of, uh, issues related to mothering and, uh, and to women in their age of fertility. Mm-hmm. And so you're part of that support group, which I just think is such a, a phenomenal group. Um, they're called Elizabeth Ministry, let's mention, because uh, as as Mary visited Elizabeth and Elizabeth welcomed Mary, both in their stage of pregnancy, the, the ministry focuses in on one-on-one support for women, whatever their issues are or needs are in their childbearing years. It could be infertility. It could be miscarriage. It could be uh, childbearing and issues and problems related to that. Just need for support for moms uh, with little children. Adoption, of course, is a major issue mm-hmm. uh, that is is something on the uh, that could be a need um, and a blessing, of course, for women and families uh, in, in the age when their children are small. So it's a great ministry. I'm so glad you're involved in that, Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yeah, and so Michelle, tell us about your family. You have a a mixture of biological children and children that you foster to adopt. Tell us about your family. So we started out with two biological children. We have two that are in high school, a son and a daughter. Um, and then our next one down is is our first adopted child, our daughter, Sari, and she's in middle school. Then we have one, nine, Will, 
Um, and then we have our baby, who's four, <laughs> Tessa. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful group. And I've seen Thank a picture you. of your family. Wow. Yes. How gorgeous. Thank you. They are. And um, so God placed this idea uh, or this call to uh, adopt children, placed it on your heart early on. Yes. Uh, how, how did that happen? Tell us about that story. It's funny because that's probably the biggest question I get is whatever made you want to adopt? Um it was something, like you said, it has been in my heart since I was a child. I always knew that I wanted to adopt. It was always something um, that intrigued me and was always there. And it wasn't until I got older and um, when I met my husband, it was actually something we both talked about before we even got married. And the Lord placed it in his heart as well Isn't because amazing? we talked yeah. about that we wanted to adopt someday, not knowing if we were going to be able to um, have biological, biological children or not. Um, we have had the blessing of having two biological children. Uh-huh. Um, but then it was pretty crazy at first because very soon after we got married, we were pregnant. And uh, nine months later, here comes Nate. And then when I was, he was only six months old, we were pregnant again. And so they are very close. We had very full hands. And we thought, ooh, this adoption thing is going to have to be put on the back burner for a while. And then it was when she God was, always has interesting plans doesn't he (laughs) absolutely absolutely and then it was when our daughter was about two years old that we started looking again and we thought let's talk about adoption and that's when the whole plan started unfolding yeah that's beautiful um so how did that plan unfold did you for those who may be listening and say well how would i even if god has this on my heart how would i proceed what would i do you know who would i call right how did you proceed when so you I, realized okay now's the time to start throwing out the net let's say <laughs> right and that's where i i started on the internet and just kind of started looking around and most of what i was seeing was more about the traveling overseas and mm-hmm. with having two little ones, that wasn't as great of an option for us. Um, financially, it can be very expensive. For, for international for adoption. For international mm-hmm. adoption. Mm-hmm. And then the requirement for some countries to, you know, to travel and to remain in that country for a while. And then as I was looking, of all things, there was something that popped up in the newspaper. It was an advertisement or a promotion type thing that said, foster parents needed. And I thought, ooh, that's interesting. wonder what that's about. Um, it was sponsored through the United Methodist Children's Home. And so that was my kind of first step. This was local. This was here. local. Mm-hmm. Yes. In our diocese. In our diocese. And so I went to an informational meeting with the intent of just, just grabbing some information and let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. My husband didn't go to that initial one, stayed with the kids. And then I kind of brought home some information and... I knew right from there that was our plan. Hmm. That was interesting. So something there helped you to feel uh, oh, this is feasible. Here's a here's yes. an opportunity. Yes. This uh, program or this approach is something that just felt right. Absolutely. Yeah. I connected with it immediately. Um, I think to have the kids right here in our backyard that are in need of a family um, that touched my heart. Uh, I wasn't sure about the financial piece at that time, but what mm-hmm. we came to learn is that there's you know very little to no cost, depending on the situation. Everything's different for each individual adoption, but um, there were just many things that really touched me. And so, again, particularly for people listening who might be uh, interested in pursuing this, 
Do the agencies that provide foster care to adoption, I know there are others besides United Methodist Children's uh, Home, yes. which still, of course, does provide that service. Yes. Um, I believe the Franklin County Children's Services also provides that. Correct. Right. And if, if listeners would go on to, it's the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services, then from there, there's a link of about foster care and kinship, and there's a whole list um, of different agencies, of agencies in every different county. and That do foster care mm-hmm. to adoption. Yes. Right. Yes. And one of the things that's interesting to me, um, having been in the pro-life movement, of course, since yes. 1973, and thank you, uh, thank you. Uh, adoption has always uh, uh, been for me and for those of us involved in, in the pro-life movement, such a beautiful option that we hope more and more people will consider. Um and my husband and I actually have adopted two children as well. They're yes. grown now and married, and we have five grandchildren. Wow. So had their birth mothers not made a decision for life, uh, we wouldn't have been able to build that family. And uh, mm-hmm. so so we love the option of adoption. Absolutely. And yet there have been quite a few obstacles to foster care, to adoption in the past. Uh, as I've seen that whole option uh, developed through the years. Sometimes birth mothers, of course, uh, don't choose adoption for their children. But when they begin the process of trying to raise the child, uh, obstacles appear, barriers appear. Um, sometimes they their children uh, are, are taken from them. And Programs are developed to try to help those moms and dads to develop the skills they need to be able to parent the children. But there have been there have been some, I think, positive uh, revisions in the foster care programs in the last maybe decade or so mm-hmm. that really have allowed more children to be adopted from those programs. Yes. So if our listeners have heard. Uh, of those barriers and and that almost the dead end street of foster care to adoption that has really changed, I would say in the last decade or so. I would absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of children that are fully ready to be adopted once they even come into foster care. Right. Okay. Right. And with great. our situation in particular, um, our first daughter, Sari, started out as a fostering to adopt situation. Um, I think the social workers know, even if a child is in foster care, if it looks like they are on the path to toward adoption, toward adoption mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. if it's reunification. And for some, that's what it needs to be. And that's mm-hmm. wonderful if that can be the case. Sure. Uh, but for us. You it, knew when you brought Sari into your home. We did. That she was on a path of foster yes. care to adoption. I think that would be comforting to a lot of people Absolutely. who might consider this option. Right. Because they might think, how could I, how could I allow the child uh, to 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 go back into a different home right. after I have become so bonded to that child yes. in foster care. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that, at least in many cases, when you bring a foster child into your home, if your intent is foster to adopt, then the agency can pretty much assure you this child is on that path. Correct. That's That's good to know. And there are some children who... Are not they are in the foster care system, but they are already like permanent permanent placement is ready, and so they can go directly immediately yes. from foster care into adoption. Yes. That's amazing, Without, right? That's amazing. <laughs> so you adopted Sari, yes, and uh, and then what did you think? Well, now we have we fulfilled 
the desire of we my did. heart and my yes. husband's heart and this is it. This is uh, it. We have Three Sarah, kids. isn't it wonderful? Yes. <laughs> yes, it sure was. And at the time we were still visiting um and in touch with birth mom and birth dad. Mm-hmm. We kept kind of an open adoption by our choice, fully by our choice. Um, and birth mom let us know that she was pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of took us by surprise and we talked about it and prayed about it. Um but we knew that next baby was going to be ours and she specifically said i want you to have this child wow never thought i would hear those words come from anyone's Mm -hmm. mouth Mm -hmm. Um, but what a blessing so when you actually brought your second adopted child into the home uh his mother had already really finalized her adoption plan yes yeah that's amazing and so tell me that child's name is it will that's will okay okay so you've got sari and will and then a third a third daughter. A third daughter. Tessa. Yes. And she's also a biological she sibling. She is, the three of them. And we have been blessed to bring each of them home from the hospital. It's been amazing. Wow. Yes. they Not without issues. I, I mean, it's not a fairy tale by any means. There's sure. been challenges and sure. different things along the way. Some health issues. Mm-hmm. Siri was born premature. She was only two pounds, three ounces. So there were medical issues in the beginning and lots of doctor's appointments and different things. But by the time she was two, she was fully caught up. Um, Now at the age of 12, I'm not a tall woman, but I'm average. She's taller than me. I mean, she's big and beautiful. And oh, it's just, it's amazing to see what God has done for her. Wow. Well, I think, I think we want to talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that, yes. that people face. Before we do that, though, I'd like to reintroduce our guest. Our guest today is Michelle Morse. She and her husband, Terry, are members of St. Paul's uh, in Westerville. And uh, Michelle's part of the Elizabeth Ministry, which uh, which helps one-on-one support for mothers, women in childbearing age with any issues uh, that that affect them. It's a beautiful ministry, and um, and Michelle and Terry both had in their hearts uh, God's call to adopt, and God has has fulfilled that vision and hope with three beautiful adopted children: Sari, Will, and Tessa, and they're now twelve, nine, and four. Yes. As well as your two biological children, Nate and is it Shay? Shay. Nate and Shay, who are 16 and 15. Yes. So he's built that beautiful family yes. through foster care to adopt. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about um, how God put together such a beautiful family. And by the way, it's also a biracial family, yes. right? Uh, so, so let's talk about some of the some of the challenges that people need to be aware of uh, if they're thinking about foster care to adopt, if they've been thinking this might be an option mm-hmm. for us, um, and yet maybe they've heard some 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 stories that would give them big pause. There are problems. Uh, you're, you're going to be adopting a child perhaps who has had a negative foster care experience uh, already and uh, or a negative experience with biological parents may have suffered abuse, neglect. There may be issues and problems. You mentioned uh, your first child, Sari, mm-hmm. who uh, was in the neonatal intensive care unit for how many months? Three months. Three months mm-hmm. and had some some biological uh, challenges and issues early on, which she has overcome. God has provided healing yes. for that, which is beautiful and wonderful. So... Um, so and and in some cases, uh, I'm aware of some cases where children who have uh, come from foster care to adoption had continuing issues and problems, um, and and so 
what what would you say to parents who are saying, I don't know whether I should even take that first step because I've heard some of these these issues. I've I've heard of cases that are really challenging. What would you say to parents who who may have this uh, in their hearts that possibly God has adoption for them for older children? Well, I have to say. Um when we first started talking about this and sharing this with our family, that was some of the concerns that we were hearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, you don't know what you're going to get. These aren't your children. You don't know what their background, what they've, you know, even though ours that we ultimately adopted were babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't have some of the, the things that maybe older children would possibly deal with. Um, but I have to say, even with our own children, you don't know what you're going to get. That's for sure. <laughs> we've, we've that had gene our, mix our is, can be surprising. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I think it's also important to keep in mind as you are adopting uh, through foster care, they really work with you to figure out what you are willing and able and wanting to handle mm-hmm. as far as a child that you would be adopting. Mm-hmm. And so... I think, I think it looks at you. And, and I think your story is, is interesting, fascinating, how God broadened your view, view yes, or vision yes. of, of what kinds of children you would be open right, to adopt. Right. So at first, I think I had in my head, um, oh, we're going to just, you know, bring home this little girl or little boy that's just going to kind of match and just fit in with our family as far as blonde hair, brown eyes, you know. <laughs> and here we are waiting for that little child. And then... At some point, God said, open your eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did. He opened my mm-hmm. eyes. And mm-hmm. how silly of me to think that it had to be like that. And here we have three beautiful African-American children that mm-hmm. have joined our family. And mm-hmm. boy, I would not have it any other way. I love our our diversity of our family and our blend. And it's just, they're beautiful. How, how has that worked in uh, family and community acceptance, acceptance in the church. You know, people can say pretty strange things. I I remember when uh, our children were little, uh, we had a... um, we we had a babysitting co-op. We lived in German Village, and we had lots of, I think there were 26 families in the babysitting co-op. And they had, there were a variety of races. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these, these children all were beautiful, wonderful children. We loved to have them, you know, in exchange, the moms interchanged babysitting for each other. And uh, uh, at one point, I had maybe four or five of them with me in the grocery store very diverse group of children. And uh, I got the strangest comments, you know, uh, I won't say what they were. <laughs> but but I know people make judgments, people sure. say stupid things. Sure. <laughs> and and sometimes they just don't know what to say. And if even if they're not making a negative judgment, something comes out of their mouth, which sounds very negative. <laughs> That's been more the case that I've probably experienced is I, I don't think anyone has had any um so much of a negative comments that I've received. I think that silly questions have been mm-hmm. asked or the way mm-hmm. they've been posed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people, from what I've experienced, it's more out of curiosity than anything. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, we'll get those looks like trying to figure out what's that story, what's that <laughs> right. situation. Um, right. So we've definitely had that. Now, a kind of a cute one, and actually a children's book that I, I wrote was based off of um, a situation where my daughter, Sari, was in preschool, and we were going for that first field trip and meeting all the kids there, and she brings me in, and she's all proud to introduce mommy, and I see this little boy, another African-American child, kind of running back and forth between her <laughs> and then running to a group of other kids and running back, and and then he looks at her and he goes, 
why is your mom white? <laughs> just trying to figure out, you know, it was another like four year old yeah. out of just pure innocence, just trying to figure out what, how did that happen? You know, so isn't that neat even coming from children instead yes. of an adult saying, why are your children yes, black? Sure. Why is your mommy white? Right. Exactly. <laughs> why don't you match? That's what it's all about. <laughs> Let's talk a minute about your book. I love your book uh, you. that, that God has also put on your heart Thank you. and uh, it's called hand picked. Yes. which I love the title of this. So um, so you wrote a little book. It's about you and Sari. It is. Yes. And it's, it's all about um, celebrating the similarities, but celebrating the differences as well and embracing them and realizing that you don't have to match on the outside to be a perfect match on the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's really a, a, about adoption. It's about transracial families. Yes. It's about loving and accepting each other, mm-hmm. uh, no matter of the of the external dissimilarities. Right, right. <laughs> what we all share in common, made in the image and likeness of God, beautiful people through and through, and uh, how God intended us for each other. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So Thank it's available uh, on Amazon, right? Yes. That's great. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I think if you just go online, there's... Handpicked. Handpicked. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. So um, tell us about, uh, again, particularly for people who might be wondering more about this on a practical level, mm-hmm. the kinds of support that's available for um, for families like yours. And also, you touched on this, but let's go into it a little more. What about the cost? Because a lot of people say, oh, I've heard adoption is so expensive. And I believe it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, with our experience through fostering <laughs> to adopt, um, actually, as we brought the children home, we were provided with subsidy, subsidies to um, purchase clothes, to purchase food, different things. Um, and not to say that we were a family in need of financial assistance necessarily, right. but that uh, goes with it. And that was something that kind of took us by surprise. We did not even realize that that was going to be the case. But boy, what a blessing. Sure. Um, and then I think through the process, the only, the only fee that there was were attorney fees when we were finalizing things. And because of the adoption tax credit, uh, that covered that. So honestly, there was zero cost for us. That's wonderful. The state of Ohio has really done well, I think, in incentives to encourage adoption of these children we mentioned earlier on the program, 2,600 children in the state of Ohio waiting to be adopted. And I know that's been a priority of our state to try to smooth out some of the barriers and and obstacles in the way Mm -hmm. for people to adopt. And what about support? Now, I suppose at least... uh, at St. Paul's, with, with, since you have the Elizabeth Ministries, that's been a great source yes, of support. and that's what I joined Elizabeth Ministry for, mm-hmm. just to have another, another woman, and in this case, several women, to just kind of walk along that journey with me. And it's, it's been such a blessing, um, and I feel like I've been able to share my story through the Elizabeth Ministry and be able to reach out and touch other people and hopefully encourage others uh, to maybe take our same path. I'm sure that you're your heart for it and your enthusiasm for it and the beauty that you have found in this foster to adoption program has been a tremendous inspiration. So, um, so let me give actually the St. Paul's office number. And if anyone's listening who would like support from Elizabeth ministries, 
<clears throat> whether it's in relation to adoption or any area in terms of of uh, women's fertility, childbearing years, uh, for one-on-one support, that could be uh, an issue with miscarriage, infertility, adoption, um, parenting of of young children. What what are some of the other issues that that uh, you've seen? Elizabeth Ministry become involved in? I think you've covered most of them, but it, it really anything and everything having to do with the childbearing years. Okay. Um, it, just another woman to walk alongside of you, mm-hmm. be supportive of you, mm-hmm. and, and just share and, share and celebrate pregnancy, too. If we sure. see a woman at church that's pregnant, we want to go up and give her a hug and say congratulations, and we're excited for you, and we'll be praying for you, and isn't that great? Yes. I love the motto, every child a welcome child. Yes. And I also try to welcome any child in the womb. Yes. <laughs> so the St. Paul's office, in case anyone would like to get in touch with Elizabeth Ministry, is 614-882-2109. And you don't have to be a member of St. Paul's Parish to uh, become part of the Elizabeth Ministry and find get their help and support. So that's a wonderful resource. And we want to remind people also of the beautiful book that you've written, Handpicked, which is available uh, through Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Um, So we just have a a brief period uh, of time here to to finish up our program, Michelle. Um, We haven't asked much about your husband. How how has he reacted and responded to this as the father of such a beautiful and unique family? He's been amazing. He's a wonderful father, wonderful (laughs) husband, and Boy, he's the one that's down on the floor, wrestling around with the big ones, wrestling around with the small ones. I mean, he's just been, he's amazing. And your older children, they've become kind of, I suppose, they're the oldest and a boy and a girl. What a beautiful example you've given them for for parenting in the future. And I saw the picture of your family. They just look thrilled, you know, to have their brothers and sisters. They're so proud, yes, (laughs) yes. And especially I think of my older son who takes his little brother everywhere he goes and is so proud to introduce him. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And the smiles on all of their faces. I said, uh, when I saw your family picture, really, uh, although the the skin color is not identical, the smiles on the faces (laughs) and the sparkle in the eyes is absolutely beautiful. So thank you again, Michelle, for being with us and sharing your beautiful story. And you're all listening to The Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Peggy Hartshorn, your host. Archives of our program and many other programs are available at stgabrielradio.com and we're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. The Family Sanctuary is broadcast every Saturday at 4 and on Sundays at 2. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then-